0: heard about Anchor? If you haven't, let me back up a minute. It is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you why. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I'm doing right now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too with zero minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, are you ready to get started? Do you have that idea that you want to make happen? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I believe in you. ever look at your life and feel like it's out of control like that you don't have any idea what you're supposed to be doing when or where or who you're supposed to be doing it with do you ever just feel lost i do hi my name is andrea welker and i'm the host of the sacred hearth podcast i'm a life coach and together every week We will look at different ways that you can take control of your life. We'll look at things that you can do to help you, and we might even shed a tear or laugh along the way. Together, we can do this. We will help you find your happiness. So don't forget to subscribe. Today's episode contains graphic language, discussions regarding mental health and wellness including death of a parent and grieving listener and viewer discretion is advised i first wrote this about a year ago and it's taken me a really long time to be able to actually talk about this subject um So you're going to hear me reference it in um, present tense, but it is actually regarding my father's death, uh, which happened in 2019. And I wanted to share this with you all because his death hit me quite hard. My, my mother, when she passed away in 2014, this it hit me hard then too. But I know several people who are dealing with loss and grieving right now. And I just wanted to share this um, with you. for myself and anyone else who could not be with their dad or their parent at the time of their death. At the moment of their death, I couldn't be with either of mine and that haunted me for a very long time. Lots of people that I know just lost a parent or they're missing them, especially this time of year coming off of the holidays. So for those of us missing our parents, this is for us. I was haunted that I went home the day before my dad died. I didn't blame myself for his death, but the thought of him dying alone in that big house with only the dog to keep him company, to comfort him, it made me really depressed for a very long time. was really hard to process that I wasn't there. Because if I was, I could have comforted him. Or he could have comforted me. Or I could have while it was happening, maybe I could have stopped it altogether. But in the end, one thing I do know is that he would not have wanted me to watch him die. He never would have wanted that for as long as he lived. And I had to come to terms with that. I'm still coming to terms with that. I can tell you that I would trade so many things to see him again and just hug him physically one more time to properly say goodbye. And I know that if you've lost a parent, especially if you were close, you probably feel that way too. I'll also tell you this. In my darkest moments of missing him, I still felt his love. It carried me through my darkest days of loss and that love lit the way when my own light seemed to go out. My dad loved me. And I'm sure that your mother or father loved you too. And we were fortunate to know them and to have them for as long as we did. And we're doubly fortunate that when we close our eyes at night, we still feel them holding us like they did when we were little, when the world was too big. And I thank God and anyone else that's listening every day for that. And if you're new to grief and you miss your father or your mother, or maybe you didn't even know them and you miss them, I promise there are times when it doesn't hurt so bad. People say it hurts less over time. When will that happen? Maybe tomorrow, I say. Maybe tomorrow will be one of those days. I said it to myself, every day that first year. I would say, I want to die today, but I can't. One day it will hurt less. Maybe tomorrow. I would say that, or I would say, I can't carry this much grief from losing my hero, from losing so many people. Please tell me it will get better. Maybe it will get better. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow is a phrase that honestly kept me alive. For those of you navigating the loss of a parent or important individual this year, I want to suggest to you five things that will bring you immeasurable comfort this first year. And if it's not your first year, the first year is always the hardest. But if it's not your first year and you're still struggling with your grief, I want you to know that these are still options available to you. It's never too long to take to process. Sometimes many of us process grieving differently. Um, and there's no wrong way, as long as it's the least destructive way we can process it. But I wanted to share this with you. The first thing, um, which you've seen me talk about in past shows is to get a therapist or go back to therapy. If you were someone going, and I swear, even if you don't have a lot to say, you do. The strangest things come up when you attempt to process loss. Suddenly something that happened to you when you were five and entirely insignificant matters and you can't figure out why. Therapists can help you piece it together. Two, come up with a word or phrase that you can say every day that will comfort you and bring you hope when no one and nothing else does. Maybe tomorrow was mine. Yours can be something else. It can be anything. I suggest that you use phrases that are hopeful or benchmark phrases, ones that help you make it through the day. One of my other phrases, which you'll remember If you've ever seen the movie ever after is just breathe. It's the simplest things that kept me alive that first year and those were two of them. As I can tell you, I went to some dark places that first year Um, and I owe a lot of people. A lot of thanks for standing next to me that first year and holding me up when I couldn't hold myself up. Number three is to write. And I don't care if it's Facebook, a journal, a notebook. If you use a word document on your laptop, Or if you use a a recorder or an app on your phone, I cannot tell you how much it helped me to write about my grief and my grieving. When I couldn't see my therapist over Skype or over Zoom, when I couldn't do that, I would type up what I wrote And send it to them. And she encouraged me to write a book based on what I sent her. So of others that have read things that I've wrote during that time. something that I'm going to do. I'm slowly compiling all of those things. And I don't know how long it will take me to write, but I hope I can do it. Writing is one of those things that saved my life that first year. At my lowest point, the writer's block that often plagued me crumbled and emotion and feeling poured out. Some things that were too painful to write about then I can talk about now. And some things are still too raw, but maybe tomorrow. I also have a journal I started keeping when my mother died. I write her when I need advice or when I want to say hello. I write her when I need comfort or when I have a question about something and I can tell you in her own way, she answers back, whether it's in a dream in a song lyric or in a phrase, that randomly comes out of someone that did not know her, that she used to say, whatever it is, she will get that message to me. Dad also comes in dreams and in songs and in all those memories that remind me of him. And I talk to him often. I talk to them both often. Every morning I have coffee, I talk to him. He and i used to have coffee together and it was our thing my mom and i did too and i talked to them both just like they're still there with me because in some ways they are there's still that connection to be had intended to after they leave us like a great burning fire it is that connection that will sustain us after they leave and light the way in the darkness. It is that connection that will keep us warm long after the coldness of their death spreads through our hearts, even after we swear there's nothing left inside us, that connection will be there in the tiniest spark of hope that remains buried in the rubble deep within. Number four, develop a support system. You are strong, my sweet friends, but you are not strong enough to navigate losing a parent by yourself, so don't even try to do it. Set up daily and weekly check-ins with friends, family, co-workers. This will help keep you alive, even when you don't wanna be. And I'm not even joking when I say my friends and my family No one knew how bad that first year was because I couldn't express that much pain. But having a support system made me feel like I could at least survive it. I cut out everyone remotely toxic and I kept the rest. And on days I couldn't reach out, my family and friends checked in with me And during my darkest days, they shared the weight of my burdens. To this day, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. My support system kept me strong enough to say It will get better, maybe tomorrow. When I couldn't say it, they did. Grief is the hardest pain I have ever experienced. And that level of grief didn't make me suicidal per se. But it took my desire to fight. It took it. My grief took my drive, my safety, my courage, it took everything. All that was left was this large, gaping hole and the love of the people who who loved me filled that hole with their light when mine went out. Number five will be very difficult. Find your reason to live. Not wanting to live, oh and and not wanting to give two shifts. If you die is a hard place to be. The indifference will come for you. It will do your best to steal you into your darkness, but do not let it win. No matter what it is, find your reason to live and stay alive. Hold on to that reason at all costs. These five things will help you do that, I promise. Everything else can be negotiated. It doesn't matter if you stay alive because you need to hug your partner. When they get home from work, do it. It doesn't matter if you stay alive because suicide is too messy, do it. It doesn't matter if you stay alive because your dog would miss you or because your best friends would be destroyed or because you really just like frosties from wendy's or a new music album's coming out or because you have to clock in and go to work whatever it is stay do the thing you keep yourself alive and you fight through your grief because no matter how strong you are. Grief cracks you open and you just fall apart. The most important thing I can say to you is you let other people take care of you. Because you will be fucked up for a long time and you will have a long fight. Let the people who love you fight for you. Let them put on their armor and pick up their shields and their swords and they will do it. They will fight your dragons and your monsters for you. They will slay the beasts who frighten you even when you can't. You're not an inconvenience. You're not a burden. You're not a loser. You're just someone going through a very human and very painful experience. So let them love you, even when you don't want them to. Also, for those of you who did not have the best relationship with your parents, i can tell you that from experience that grieving will be different than if you do and there will be a lot of emotions for you to process that conflict with each other and a lot of these deep scars that i had have greatly improved since doing those things and i'll tell you something else that the books don't often tell you that videos don't often tell you or TikTok videos or it's okay to mourn what you didn't have, what you lost and what you had that did come with strings attached. And some of you who were not fortunate enough to know your fathers or mothers will also find benefit in these things. You can still write them, still share with them, You're able to say whatever you want to in those pages. You're allowed to shed tears for the parent you never knew. And it's important that you know that. It's allowable for you to feel however you feel. You need to know that. If someone is upset with you for how you're grieving, they can take a number. Grieving takes a long time. And no one can dictate to you how your parents' loss should impact you. So don't let them. Don't let them. And I'm sending you love today because I know how difficult this process is. I know how hard it is. I know how there will be days when all you can do is lay in bed and sleep. There will be days when you function and you are fine. And there will be days that are everywhere in between and it will be hell, but you will get through it. You will. And I can tell you if you're someone who has lost both of your parents, there is an adjustment period that happens where you realize this really weird thing that, especially if you're an only child, or especially if um, you lose one parent before you get to process losing another, if you you know lose your parents close together, and that thing that happens is you end up feeling like an orphan. You realize for the first time in your life that you're alone and that for the first time you're really adulting by yourself and that is a terrifying thought and There are so many things that you will want to say and ask and do so many times you're going to want to call your parent. So many times you're going to want to just pick up your phone and you start to dial before you even remember that they are not here. At a moment the other day while I was driving. And I started to call my mom because I would always call her when I was driving. I thought of something that she would love to hear. And, you know, you will have those moments where you just get caught up. And you forget they're dead. And it, and you know they are, okay. Especially if you're you were close. And I was closer to my dad than my mom. I loved them both equally, but there was there was a difference in processing their deaths. Um and I think I because I had lost my mom before my dad, I can tell you that. I think I was still processing my mom's death and when I was processing my dad's death it was like both came both grieving processes came together and I just it shut me down um it was like someone hit a reset button and I was just screwed completely and that happens sometimes when you grieve um And when I lost my dad, I lost him in 2019, in between 2019 and 2021, um, I lost about 25 people to death in one year. One. Parents, family, friends, acquaintances, co-worker, I I mean, it was just, there's a lot of processing that happened, okay, so when I tell you that grieving is important, it is, it is, and you will have stages of grief that you go through, okay, there will be bargaining, denial, anger, you know, you all know all of the, the stages, right? What they don't tell you that's in the books, what they don't tell you in the videos and the websites is they don't tell you that even though you have stages that you process those stages all at once, it's hell. grieving is hard. Grieving is the hardest thing that we do as humans, because we are attempting to process that soul connection with the person left behind and you know you might you might lose someone that you love and i'm going to speak about grief in general you might talk to someone um about your grieving and one day you're fine okay but then you're gonna have days where you're very nostalgic and the memories come and all the memories do is they make you happy okay they make you happy um, and it's a very therapeutic process to this and then you're gonna have days where you just want to crawl under a rock or you sit in the shower and you cry or you sit in your car and the anger Oh my freaking God. The anger. I was mad at my parents for leaving me. They forced me to grow up with their deaths. Now my mom dying, I could handle that because my dad was there. We were, we were grieving together. Okay. It was a process. We went through it together. We grieved separately. He grieved his wife in a very beautiful, eloquent, sad way. He was grieving the love of his life. And I was grieving the loss of my mother. And that grieving, there were times we couldn't be around each other because his voice would trigger, um, memories of my parents together. And I looked a lot like my mom. So I would come over and I would try to talk to him and he'd go, honey, I love you, but I need you to just go outside for a second or go to another room or I will be right back because it happens like that. And it wasn't a selfish thing. I was not offended because I understood I understood how awful grieving is because again, um, grieving is hard and I'll tell you on this show, you will hear me talk about grieving a lot and the grief process and what it has meant to me um, to grieve, because if you are someone who's never lost someone to grief, If you've never lost your, uh, parent, if you've never lost a loved one, um, may your stars be blessed that you always have, um, that feeling as long as possible. Because for those of us who have went through this type of loss, it is awful. Okay. But I'm here to tell you, if I can survive going through that, my sweet friends, you will survive it too. And there will be days where your rage will take over and you will have moments where Everything that you have ever felt about anyone that has ever pissed you off will just bubble to the surface. You will get mad uh, and scream and rave at the red light. You will get mad at people. And I gotta tell you, um, that first year was really I'm not gonna lie I don't know how some of the people in my life still love me after that first year because Processing that much grief was awful. And I owe them a great deal of thanks because they still love me. Um, But I'll tell you, there were a lot of people I told off that first year too. Um... I can tell you, you have about six months that people let you slide where you're just going to say everything you've ever wanted to say and you will have no filter, none. You will hear the things coming out of your mouth and you will go, oh my fucking God, what is wrong with me? But you can't stop it. you, you will have moments where you will say things and like, you don't mean to be angry and you don't mean to be mean. You don't mean to be anything, but there it comes. (laughs) And I'll tell you something too. Unfortunately, if you're someone who's listening to the show, who um, you fortunately still have your parents, but you are preparing for their transition. Be prepared because you will have people in your life who show their ass royally. In ways that will surprise you, They will show their ass at the funeral home. They will show their ass on their deathbed. They will show their ass at the funeral. They will show their ass um, the day after, the week after. And you will find that as that, remember I told you about that like six month window. Now everybody processes that different, but you have about six months where you can be, jerk if you need to be and people are like oh it's we get it okay i'm not saying milk it i would never tell you to do that that's unethical but if there is some person in your life you've ever wanted to tell off that's the time to do it because it will happen you will find there is someone who's going to be sitting across from you and you ain't never liked this person. You ain't never ever liked them. And then, or maybe you did like them, you know, but you know, you know how those things go and you absolutely find yourself in a situation where they are across from you and they come out with some fuckery. And before you even know it, your partner, your best friend, your coworker has their hand on your hand because you are coming out with some some words that you can't even understand where they're coming from but it's somewhere deep down inside you and it's like you're just right across the face of that person it will happen at least once i'm just going to prep you now someone someone is gonna get it Someone's going to try you and they're going to get it. And, you know, and again, you're not going to plan it. You're going to try really hard because you're a decent human to not let that happen. You are going to try so hard to be like, hey, friends, family, I'm sorry. But it will come out of you. You will be your father's daughter, your mother's son, your father's son. Don't matter. It will come out of you. If anyone has ever. (laughs) It's funny now. I can laugh about this now. But there was a moment, y'all, I'm going to tell you. Um and there was a moment where my anger got so bad I couldn't stand myself, okay? And if you ever went through some grieving, and it's, it's really intense, okay? And I'm kind of like an intense person, I'm like my friends who listen to the show are going to laugh when they hear this part. Okay? I'm an intense person normally, like that's that's something that I'm just known for. Uh, I'm neurodivergent, I'm autistic. Lots of autistic people are intense. Not all of us, but a lot of us are. And let me tell you, I could not, I honestly can tell you, I could not stand myself, okay? To the point where now I had done, I, I've, I've been a life coach for many, many years, really long time. I've ran businesses before. I've seen clients uh, casually. I've seen clients on a schedule. I mean, I have done this for years, okay? I've had my self help shit together. But let me tell you something. There are certain deaths in my life that just fucked me up sideways, okay? And my mom's death was one of them. And I'll tell y'all about that one day. I mean, I I will talk about their deaths uh, when I can. It's coming, okay? This isn't the only time, like I said, that we'll talk about grief because grief has been such an experience in my life. It needs to be discussed, okay? and I am a grief recovery coach. That's one of the services I offer um, because like it's happened so much. So when I went through this process, okay, I spent a lot of years refining my personal system for my boundaries, my self-care, my coping mechanisms, my strategies. But when I lost my mom, I did, I don't want to say, okay. Cause it hurt like hell, but I, I did it. Okay. But when I lost my dad, the combined weight of that grief, I did not process yet for my mom dying and my cousin dying. When my dad died, y'all, I fell my ass apart. I am not ashamed to say, I fell completely apart. Every coping mechanism I had fell apart. It did not matter what it was. It didn't matter how hard I tried. Nothing worked. It was like there was this dam that I had built my entire life. And the grieving I had done kept my finger in, in the dam and in the dike, you know? And then when he died, I, it was like, I took my finger out for just a moment and it just, everything crashed out. It sucked. Uh, it was awful. And I'll tell you as a result, I made a conscious choice for me to start medication at that point, because my depression and my grieving was so bad. The executive functioning. I did have totally tanked. I didn't clean my house. For the longest time, I couldn't, I could not get out of bed. I could not function. I was um, exhausted in a way I had never felt before. I mean, I have fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. Okay. I'd never, I mean, this was a new level of fucked. So I started medication and I had been, A natural because I, my brain chemistry, okay, my personal makeup, my sweet brain, as amazing as it is, uh, doesn't make enough serotonin, okay. And so I, I, you know, the natural methods worked for me. But then I had a brain injury and then, you know, things kind of went wonky. But when my dad died, and when like the 24 other people died. I I got a little messed up, okay? And I could not heal without medication. Now, some of you are going to grieve and you're not going to need medication. That's fine. And I'm grateful that you don't end up needing it. But for some of us, the the grieving is going to be so intense and so bad and there are going to be so many culminating factors okay that some of us will require medication to get through our grief and that's okay and some of us out there will try uh coping with our grief through unethical coping mechanisms you know maybe there's drugs Maybe there's too much drinking. Maybe there's addictions that develop because we attempt to self-medicate the pain. There's all kinds of reasons why we could go off the deep end that way. Um, So I'm gonna say, if you're someone who finds that you are not recovering from your grief, if you're in that grieving process and you can't get out of bed, and you don't take your showers and you don't wash your hair and you don't, uh, you know, you have trouble feeding the dog or the cat or you can't go to work, whatever it is, um, or you can't eat, okay? There's a lot of shit that's gonna happen to you this first year. If you find that you are unable to do your life, talk to your healthcare provider Okay. And, and honestly talk to your healthcare provider and say, Hey, listen, uh, this life altering event happened. My parent died. I'm a little screwed up. I just want you to know, because at some point your body or your mind might start to manifest that grief. You might be in more pain. Or you might have difficulty with your digestion or your sleep patterns or your emotional outbursts or you know any number of things that can go on, okay? And you want your healthcare provider to know that because if things go sideways, like they often do when we when we plan that they won't, right? When things go sideways you need your provider to have an idea of what's going on. Because let's say, unfortunately, let's say if you are someone who's grieving so hard that they make an attempt to take their own life, it's really helpful to the provider that you see to know what was going on. Because there will be times where maybe you're one of those people who doesn't have a pre-existing genetic component to your mental health but maybe you do and you don't know it or maybe there's a family history of whatever disorder and you know you find yourself displaying symptoms of certain things. You are worth talking to your doctor and getting help. If you are someone who is having difficulty processing your grief, um, processing that information, reach out. Um, if you are in the United States, there are lots of support groups you can find for grieving. Okay. I actually run uh, a grief support group. It meets on the third Monday of every month over zoom. And it is at 7 PM Eastern standard time. It is a free event. Okay. There's no, Charge, all right. Um, local hospitals, local community service boards all have access for mental health help. And I'll tell you if you're someone who finds yourself struggling when it gets really hard and really dark. Do not be afraid to march your happy ass to the emergency room uh, and tell them that you need help. And you can talk to a clergy member. You can talk to a friend, a family member. You can talk to a stranger on the bus. I don't care, but reach out. As long as you can to someone, okay? Because um, life gets harder when we're grieving. It 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 really does. It it just it does. So. I wanted to send my love to all of you today. Those of you who still have your parents, your loved ones, please hold them tight. Tell them how much you love them. Take video of them, record their laugh. Um, Even something as simple as like how they drink their coffee or family recipes, keep a record because when they're gone, it will mean so much to you. I'm sending my love out to all of you today and every day. And I hope that you find comfort because it will get better eventually. And it will be better maybe tomorrow. This is Andrea Welker, and you're listening to The Sacred Heart, a podcast developed by me, who's neurodivergent and just as weird as you are. If you like this podcast and you choose to support it, please make a donation from our anchor page. Click the link in the description below or visit me on Patreon. I'll see you next time. And don't forget to subscribe. Good luck, my friends.